0: Now, hear the holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Glory. Glory to you, Lord Christ. And Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? And will be in you. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Now, our first reading. From the second chapter in Acts, page 591 of your pew Bibles, if you'd like to follow along. Luke writes to us, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he has both died and was buried in his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus, God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this, that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to you God. God. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in Thy sight, O Lord strength and my Redeemer. We just heard read what arguably is the greatest sermon of all times. If Helen of Troy had a face that launched a thousand ships, Peter preached a sermon that launched 3,000 churches. Peter, the servant of God filled with the Spirit of God, opens the Word of God to the people of God and empowers, enables, and inspires them to go and do the work of God. It's a pretty high bar to preach at. The closest I've ever heard to that is Archbishop Ben Kwashi. He opened scripture with a fire that inspires. If you haven't had a chance to listen to his teaching on Jesus, the living one from Revelation, um, that he delivered at the Synod last Sunday, or last um, Saturday. Oh, it is powerful, powerful teaching. It'll be in the, the email link. It's on the diocese YouTube channel. I encourage you to listen to those words. It's a high bar that I can only hope to one day aspire to and hope is not really a course of action so i've been consulting with my sermon review team week after week seeing how i might improve and she's consistently told me that she'd like a roadmap of this sermon what i'm going to preach on how i'm going to do it in a summary at the end and she's told me that she likes it better when i talk like i'm at a conference than when i read a manuscript well when i talk at a conference i usually have slides I usually go about 50 minutes, and I get to wander around. You'll be glad to know that I don't have slides. I'm not going to go for 50 minutes. And I'm not going to wander because I can't have my video team upset with me or in a battle with my sermon review team. That would just not be pretty for me to watch in the next week. So I'm also not going to give you a road map. Is this in a roadmap kind of sermon? But when I retired five years ago, Jennifer got me a picture that that hangs over our bar now. If you come into our house, you can see it. And it has images. It has the signs of restaurants that we went to, the cars that we drove, the street signs of the places that we lived during our Army career. It's images that evoke memories. And that's what really Pentecost is about, images that evoke memories. And so we see three images in this introduction to the sermon. The image of the festival gathering, the image of the nations, and the image of fire from heaven. First, the image of God gathering his people in festivals. As the people come out of Egypt, God gives them three festivals so they remember their story. The festival of Passover. The festival where they remember God's work delivering them out of the hand of Egypt. The festival of weeks as they count seven weeks in a day after the Passover. And they bring their first fruits as an offering. And they come into the land recognizing that God has given them all that they need. And then the festival of booths. When Israel comes together, they come into the land and they come to Jerusalem and they build tents like they did in the wilderness to remind themselves where they came from, to remind themselves that God led them in the wilderness and brought them into the land. So today we have this image. Israel gathered for festival, the festival of weeks, the festival of the firstfruits. It was the time of the wheat harvest. And in the agrarian society, they would bring the firstfruits of the field and offer them in thanksgiving. When Israel returned from exile into less of an agrarian and more of an urban society, this festival took on new meaning. It took on the meaning of the giving of the the law to Moses on Mount Corinth. And so part of the celebration of Pentecost in these days is a celebration of the formation of Israel as a nation by the giving of the law as a covenant that brought Israel together as a people, that made them different from other peoples. So we have this image of the festival gathering. Then we have this image of the nations of the world. Remember, after the flood, all the people dwelled together. And on the plains of Shinar, they learned to make bricks. And they took those bricks and said, we can build a temple and we can be as high as God. And God confused their language and set them apart, separated them into different peoples with different languages. And then, as Israel is drawn out of those nations into a nation of their own, they live in the land that God gives them, and they're disobedient, and God sends them into exile, into the various nations of the world. And now, on this day that the church is born, devout Jews, from all of those nations of exile in all of those languages of confusion have come and they're in Jerusalem to celebrate God. And the Spirit descends upon the apostles and they begin to speak. And these simple Galileans are speaking in all of these languages and the people are hearing the story of God in their very own language. Oh, the work of the Spirit is always reconciliation and redemption. The Spirit has reconciled the languages into one and redeemed from exile those who were sent there. Now, we have this beautiful image of the fire that comes from heaven. It's the same fire that was in the bush that drew Moses' eyes for his commissioning. The same fire that came down upon the mountain as Moses received the law. The same fire that filled the tabernacle and guided Israel as a column of flame by night and a cloud by day. The same fire that filled the temple of Solomon with the glory of God. The Shekinah fire of God. And now it comes down, not into a place, not to an individual. That fire comes down from heaven and lights on the people. The Spirit of God is no longer distant. The Spirit of God is now in us. The Spirit of God filling the people of God to be the church of God. And then, with these images, these images of festival, this image of the nations, this image of fire, Peter stands up, preaches. The servant of God filled with the spirit of God opens the word of God to the people of God and sends them out to do the work of God. And the work of God is always redemption and reconciliation as the spirit is poured out on all people. And the word of God is opened by Peter as he observes the events that are going on, the circumstances he observes he observes them in the light of the word of god he interprets them by the word of god he doesn't interpret the word of god by the things that are going on he looks at what is going on through the lens of god he's able to say what you see going on before you is what god already foretold through the prophet joel the spirit is poured out on all flesh and then he continues he goes from the prophet and the spirit to the gospel of christ This Jesus, this Jesus whom you met, this Jesus who walked among you, this Jesus whose works you saw, and the works that they saw, redemption and reconciliation. As Jesus comes and he turns the law around, no longer is death contagious, no longer is impurity contagious, but in Jesus, life is contagious, purity and holiness is contagious, He goes and he touches the dead man and the Holy One of God cannot be corrupt and so the dead must be raised. The leper, Jesus comes and he touches the leper and the Holy One of God cannot be corrupt so the leper is cleansed and healed. No longer is the impurity of death contagious to the people but purity and life are contagious through the power of the Spirit. This Jesus who you met, this Jesus whose works you have seen, this Jesus who you rejected and turned over and crucified, God raised from the dead. And he's ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. And this same Jesus has poured out the Holy Spirit. Know, therefore, that this Jesus is Lord and Messiah. This Jesus is King and Savior. And the people hearing this are cut to the heart. And they cry out, what must we do to be saved? Peter tells them, repent. Turn away from sin and turn towards God. Be cleansed in the waters of baptism and receive the Holy Spirit away from where you are, turn back towards God. Be cleansed from all impurity and receive life in the Holy Spirit. This is the same pattern of atonement that we see in the greatest of feasts, the great day of atonement. See, God forms his people in liturgy and in story. The same story we hear over and over the people coming together apart from God. They turn from their daily lives and they turn with desire towards God. There is a lamb that receives their sin and is sent into the wilderness and a lamb that is sacrificed to give his life that they may have life to enter into the very presence of life. And in that festival, the people through the high priest and the holy of holies return to communion with God. Repent, be cleansed, receive life, and know the presence of God. This is the same pattern, this same liturgy, this same story that we walk through week by week. Three times in our liturgy we go through this cycle of turning towards God, acknowledging our inability to come before God in ourselves, receiving forgiveness, receiving life, and praising God. we go through this same process. It's the same command we hear today. Turn away from the idols around us. Turn away from deception. Turn away from death. Be forgiven. Be healed. Be loved. Receive the promise of life as the beloved children of God that you already are. And come into the fullness of the presence of God. Come into your own awareness of the glory of God. And then to go and devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. To the fellowship. To the breaking of the bread. To the prayers. To know that we will see signs and wonders. For the ministry of Jesus is still the same. It is always reconciliation and redemption through the power of the Holy Spirit. The signs and wonders we see are the signs that we see as we go forth, bringing the promise of life to those who are in death, bringing the promise of light to those who are in darkness, being contagious in our joy, in our life, and in our holiness. And this, this indeed is the command of the church to be a sign, a foretaste, and an instrument of the kingdom of God. To be a Eucharistic people that are gathered, blessed, sent, and given to the world. Taken, blessed, broken, given. This is the Eucharistic pattern that is instilled in us. It's the pattern that was started in those 3,000 souls that were gathered as the church on that first time of Pentecost. Pentecost. These 3,000 persons gathered from the ends of the earth to participate and be formed in the story of God through the liturgy of worship. And they're blessed as they hear the servant of God filled with the spirit of God open the word of God so that they may become the people of God empowered and equipped for the work of God. And then these 3,000 people from the ends of the earth, they departed Jerusalem and went back to the places that they were from, to their homes, and they took the gospel to every nation under heaven as servants of God because they were filled with the Spirit of God. So, just as they gathered the people around them, the people that they knew, the people that God had called to be in their lives, they gathered them into their homes, and they told them the story of God. They told them the story of life. It's how this sermon that Peter preached, Peter, the fisherman from Galilee, launched 3,000 churches. And we're called to the same thing, to be the people of God, filled with the power of God, sent to do the work of God, to gather those around us, those that God has put into our lives, in our workplaces, in our homes, in the restaurants that we go to, to gather, to inspire, to empower, to bring life. So as we come today, I pray that we go out and launch churches in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.